San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB or TuneIn Radio, you can hear this show on any device as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com and iTunes. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, a lecturer, an author, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. And his name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Joe, I'm doing great. So my question is, is how far do we carry on a bad night? <laughs> hey, I want to tell you, our programming director, Dave Smith, has, has actually received email from Norway or Finland because they have these high towers, some right, of these people, the high towers. and they pull in our signals. So we go up to 50,000 watts, as I said, and uh, boy, you, you never know where the atmosphere is going to carry us, even all the way to Hawaii, which we'll get to in a moment. But... Um, I just want to tell you a couple of things. You, you know, uh, Channel 8.2, uh, you know, KFMB mm-hmm. has the MTV also. Right. And I typically like to turn on Columbo on Sunday night. It's a two-hour, you know, movie every three runs, but still has a big following. Uh, I get it on 8.2 because I have the antenna, but you, you probably get whatever cable system you're on, you probably can get on 8.13. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but look it up. Uh, and and, and AntennaTV.TV is another great one for uh, for Johnny Carson. But anyway, so I'm watching Columbo last Sunday night, and I made a big dinner. And I um, I get into the first hour. I go, oh, good, because usually I, I, I don't see the murder at the beginning because I start too late. But anyway, I got into it, and... Halfway through, I passed out, and I woke up, and the next show was like, oh, my God. So I, I missed the whole, uh, you know, the big uh, uh, finale. So I go the next morning. You know what I did? I, I out-Columboed Columbo. I said, you know what? How the heck am I going to see the rest of this show? So I uh, go on the, you know, Google and uh, find that episode. It's downloaded. It's not the best fidelity ever, but you know what? I was able to watch the rest of the show, and... We all lived happily ever after. So that's good, Joe. <laughs> Maybe you should just go to bed on time. That was good. That was good. <laughs> no, it comes on at eight o'clock. Or whatever. I just passed out at nine for some reason. And well, but um, anyway, and, and another note, and this is a good lead into our guest tonight, a VIP guest, and I want to get right to her because everyone knows and loves who it is. But um, I got a hold of James Erskine, who made that Billie Jean King movie uh, after we inspired uh, him and in, in, how could we Bill- forget? Yeah, back in 2013, the 40th anniversary. And, of course, the Stephen Carell's coming out with another feature, a remake again. Have you seen that? Is it out yet? Not yet. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I know. It's, 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 with it's, Emma Stone? Yeah, I think it's in production, yeah. yeah it's so in production. I saw a picture. He looks just like him. They did good makeup. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I looked on IMDB, which is the Internet ma- uh, Movie Database uh, site, and um, I looked at the credits for James uh, for James's film, uh, Battle of the Sexes, and uh, in the thank yous, he had, he had some fellow, and I... I emailed him yesterday. I said, how about putting Richard and myself and giving us a credit and the thank yous on IMDb? And he's, he wrote back he would do that. It'll take a couple of days. But okay. so anyway, we'll get, a, we'll get an official photo credit, or a film credit. Nice. Now, it is my esteemed... By the way, Joe, yes. before, can, can I yeah. congratulate the San Diego Padres? No. <laughs> There's nothing uh, to... Con- after losing their first game of the season last year, 15 to nothing, they improved to a 14 to 3 defeat this yes, year. So we it's onward and upward, baby. No, we, we don't need more bamboo shoots, uh, you know, any. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, my pleasure now, 
I have an esteemed friend that I've known for many, many since, since I think the early 80s, and I know she's been around earlier than that, but uh, everyone knows and loves the newscaster who was over at Channel 10, was the first all-women news, news team uh, at, at uh, Channel, KGTV Channel 10, and went on to a fabulous career anchoring in New York and, and Los Angeles, and, uh, and everyone knows and loves it, who it is, and it is Bree Walker Bree from Hawaii. How are you? Oh, Joe, I'm fine, and I, too, I'm uh, mourning the Padres, but not terribly surprised. Uh, I was early morning greeted by a friend who was at the Dodgers uh, Stadium yesterday uh-huh. and called me, of course, you know, gloating. I'm gloating. surprised Hawaii doesn't have a team yet. they got to get a franchise. Wouldn't that Travel be cool? would be too expensive. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. God, Joe, for many, many years, they had a triple-A team, the Hawaii Islanders. Yeah, so so why not a pro team? I don't know. Well, we they... have the Red Raiders. I'll go talk to the Kuhuku boys and see what they can do. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Bri, what, what island are you on? Oahu. Oahu. There you go. It, yes, Ikomo Mai. There you go. It is, it is the uh, island where we all gather more uh, people populated in Oahu than any of the other islands. And um, we have Honolulu mm-hmm. to the south, which you fly into, and then you come way to the North Shore and you hit me up here where the waves go 30 feet high. Are you up by Turtle Bay? You got it. Just, uh, just a little. Scotia, south of Turtle Bay, behind uh, the infamous Ted's Bakery, which used to okay. be the there old Sunshine Market way back in the day. There you I, go. I like, I like surfing pillbox. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you really? You're a surfer, Richard. No, not oh, really. I, I fake it. But uh, when my wife and I go, we, we love going up to Turtle Bay. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Well, you got to look me up then because you'll find me. Good. Easily. Cool. All right. All right, Bo Bree, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Fetus, I know you're born in Minnesota, right? Well, actually, born in Oakland, California, therefore a Raiders fan forever, no matter what. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, when my family uh, moved to Minnesota, then I resided the, the rest of my formative years, if I it really had formative yes, years. Yes, you did, um, of course. The doubts are out. But um, <laughs> uh, Austin, Minnesota, uh, the home of Hormel Meats, which is oh. wonderful for me as a uh, an expat from California and now a Hawaiian, which is still American, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, spam. Spam yeah. is huge. Huge out here. They have more flavors of spam, which come from the Hormel meatpacking plant in Austin, Minnesota, where I grew up. And, you know, on any given day, if you were standing somewhere with your nose to the east, (laughs) whoa, the smell of pickled pig's feet. It is the perfume of my youth. But, Bree, is there there more than one flavor of spam? I thought there was just one. Too many. Well, that's (laughs) what we believe in the mainland. However, out here, there are so many different flavors because these are spam meisters out here. Really? Yeah, spam was the meat that kept our troops alive, you know, because it never degrades. Is that right? Was it a World War? It turned fluorescent green, but it never degrades. Maybe that was like the first uh, MREs they gave them spam. Is that uh, possible? It was among the first MREs, indeed. In fact, um, it still uh, exists in some forms in... uh, I'm told, at the bottom of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> that is a magical place, by the way. If you ever come out here, you got to go to the monument because yeah. uh, right on top of the USS Arizona is where they have the memorial, um, always staffed by volunteers, veterans mm. from all wars, including a couple from the Korean War still bumping around. Yeah, yeah. I think our colleague Mike Slater, just a 105-year-old gentleman on who was the oldest uh, survivor, the last survivor, I believe, of, of Pearl harbor um but, but get there get there early because it takes a while to get in yeah so brie uh, austin minnesota how old were you when you moved there 
Uh, three years old when my three. family moved to okay. Austin, Minnesota. They were looking for greener pastures and uh, better economic uh, prospects for my dad, who had been working on the naval shipyards in Oakland, California. And uh, family needed a, a change and needed to be closer to the Danish ancestors. And uh, and as far as I can tell, all the Danes are in Minnesota. Oh, uh. yeah, you betcha. <laughs> I always think of that movie Fargo when you start talking like that. <laughs> oh, yes, and I know how to use a wood chipper, too. Oh, yeah, I do. You know, Joe, i got to tell your listeners, and Richard, I know you know this because uh, Joe V. works right next to you, but, um, boy, uh, you have been such a good friend to me, Joe, and I, I just Aww. need your listeners to know that through thick and thin, you've been there as a friend for me. I've known just, you since 1980, I want to say. Uh, wow. Or maybe even prior to that. <laughs> what, yes, when, when, when did you start at Channel 10? You started at Channel 10, 1980. You okay. betcha, in March of 1980. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Consumer Reporter. We're going to get to that in a second. I just want to get your education because did you go to high school, uh, grade school, uh, high school? In, Barely. In, in, okay. <laughs> Well, then let's go. Austin, Minnesota High School. Yes, Austin High. And okay. Elementary school, yeah. Okay. Any any uh, college to speak of? or did well, you go- sort of. Okay. Um, I kind of lied my way into that investigative reporter job, but that, that's a whole other chapter. But yeah. the truth is I, I fudged my resume, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes, I know I did. Let's be honest. Wow. Um, but I was I was working at the radio station KPRI, and that uh, that commercial, the Remarkable Mouth commercial, yeah, um, began to help my star rise Absolutely. at uh, KPRI FM. And Yours and everybody happened, else's. And the wonderful news director Ron Myers, <laughs> yeah. who had a son who was a rock and roll fan of the radio show, mm-hmm. told his dad to. Uh, Check me out because they needed a new reporter. Ron Myers <laughs> brought me in, um, and uh, I did the remarkable mouth commercial for him. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. No, we're good. <laughs> I, I, I did the. Uh, Bree, we're gonna hold old, that thought. We're gonna get more into that story because that's a great the way you got that. To talk my way into the job, yeah. and we'll save that for a moment. Yeah, we're gonna take a break. Come back with Bree Walker right after these words. Hang on. All right, we got Bree Walker. Consumer reporter on the trail. <laughs> on the Find site. that spam. <laughs> so Bree so grew up in Minnesota. Then what compelled you to get into, I guess you wanted to be in radio early on? or I definitely wanted to do something that didn't require a college education. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Radio is a good choice. Yeah, yeah radio. My brother um, decided to be a radio DJ and went to a broadcasting school in Minneapolis. And, of course, I had to do everything that my big brother did. So mm-hmm. uh, um, so I did the same, and it was a good way to sort of, you know, duck out of college responsibilities. I actually had a scholarship um, to a wonderful university in Minnesota, and I eschewed that for a, a road hippie life. Uh-huh. And, um, rock and roll radio sort of fit into the plan somewhere. But you were extremely bright, and I remember when you, went, you were on Larry King, and he asked you if you could choose, uh, you know, what other career would interest you, and you said M- doctor, medical doctor, MD, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I would have loved to have been a doctor. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, uh, I'm not sure it was in the cards for me, but um, I still find myself poring over medical sites. It's it's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's something mm-hmm. to do. So <laughs> Kansas out here in Hawaii. So okay. Kansas City, you were working across the hall from another uh, noted broadcaster, a guy named Rush Limbaugh. Oh my God! <laughs> right? you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, his daddy owned a chain of radio stations. Oh, is that and right? That's right. And he was uh, the AM DJ, WDAF in Kansas City. Huh. And I was the FM DJ, KUDLFM. Huh. One of the wonderful moments I had was 
um, the band Rolling Stones was uh-huh. in town for Arrowhead Stadium, <laughs> and uh, I managed to nab an interview with Mick Jagger. Really? And as Mick and and uh, his entourage enter this little old radio station in the middle of a cornfield in Kansas City, Kansas, mm-hmm. um, the look on Rush Limbaugh's face as <laughs> Mick Jagger was strolling by was just worth worth decades of memories uh-huh. because and then he and then he rushed in and said. Bree, Bree, Bree. And, of course, it was about the first nice thing he'd ever said to me since <laughs> I started working two months previous because uh, he called me that pot-smoking, motorcycle-riding hippie chick. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. I was all those things. Of course, but, he, um, he partook yeah, a little I, bit I himself. Said, no, you can't have Mick for an interview. And Mick said, he said, no way. And <laughs> 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 flipped the bird. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only Rush Limbaugh story personally that I have. Also, he, he did like a little of the wacky tobacco here and there too, right? <laughs> You know, he probably had better shit than I. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure of it now. All right, Justin, we can edit that in prose production. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so, uh, Casey, what compelled you to come to San Diego? When I was uh, switching my life from New York to a different spot, um, radio had, had started to morph from album playing rock and roll to, uh, you know, CDs, discs, and automated stuff. Mm-hmm. So the station I was working at in New York City was switching its format. It was the NBC FM station, mm-hmm. WYNY. It was switching its format to an automated, and I didn't want any of that. So yeah. I, I basically um, pulled up stakes, moved to the West Coast, and said, why would I ever go anywhere else? Yeah. So you just, how'd, you, how'd you find San Diego? Just rec- a friend recommended it, or um, 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 I, I just I basically went on. I was writing a little column for Billboard magazine, and that goes back a bit, yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> and uh, I so I had <laughs> so I had some access to radio stations, and I just started calling around to see if anybody knew of any jobs available. Uh-huh. And there weren't many women in broadcasting at the time, so. Um, it was We're talking easier se- 70s, than it would have right? been, I think, for a guy. Yeah. Well, things started to change, I think, in the late 70s, right? In the That's course- right. Yeah, mid to late 70s is when um, radio stations really started kind of seeking out women. Yeah. That And there weren't many, so it was a good time to go to broadcasting school. So you got the gig at KPRI. Tell us how you got in the door there, and then tell us how you got the commercial, too, because that's a great story. <laughs> KPRI FM, what a fun place to work um, back in the day. We were still uh, doing, you know, albums at first before we switched over to cartridges, et cetera, et cetera, and the rest is history, of course. But um, KPRI-FM was um, a fun place, and I was doing the 7 to Midnight, um, you know, radio gig that I loved. And uh, then my boss came to me and said, well, we're going to start a a campaign for our May sweeps period, a big, you know, contested time of the year. Mm -hmm. And it was going to be the Remarkable Mouth commercial. And he said, we've hired this fashion model from Los Angeles. Let me show you the commercial. (laughs) Show me the commercial. And I said, well, I should be doing that. (laughs) You know, this was me, typical hubris, you know, yeah, just all hubris. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, you and, saw uh, an opportunity and you made it. <laughs> and then, well, he, you know, it was Jesse Bullens and, and Dex Allen uh-huh. were the two bosses there, and they both looked at me like, uh, you know, like I had three eyes. And uh, I said, well, just let me give it a try. So I auditioned and learned the lip syncing of my fellow DJ's voices and the little snippets of music in between uh-huh. and uh, practiced in the mirror a few times and then came to show them that 
I could do a better job than the fashion model they were about to hire from Los Angeles. And so I got the gig, and they didn't have to pay me. Well, I'll tell you, if we could find— they were already paying me. Yeah, if we could find that commercial, I'll, we'll have Courtney included on the blog when we uh, post this uh, with you. That would interview. be so cool because yeah. I know that there are other versions out there. My kids have wanted to see it for years. Really? And uh, there are many other versions done. It was a Don Bluth and uh, I think Don Richmond production way back in 1978 or 79, and I think that it was done— um, for a lot of radio stations, that particular Remarkable Mouth campaign, I huh. think ours was the only one that used one of the DJs who actually worked on the station huh. to do that. And I haven't been able to find my version, just subsequent versions that were mimics. Huh. But Joe, right. we, so if Joe, anybody we, could find it, that'd be so cool. I'd well, love to post Joe, that and we, show we, it to my kids. We yeah. found the Mother's Day Massacre, so we'll yeah. find the Remarkable Mouth. Well, we'll find it. We'll do our very best. Uh, there must be... You guys are great investigative <laughs> reporters, I know. I've yeah. heard. <laughs> Which gets into the next chapter, Brie, because after radio, you got hired over at uh, Channel 10, correct? Did indeed. Went over to Channel 10 after um, getting kind of tired of doing morning, early morning radio. I'm a nighttime person, as you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was doing some early morning radio after KPRI-FM was changing its format, and I went over to KY102, mm -hmm. um, which was... Uh, uh, you know that I'm sorry. KY102 is back in in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, went over to KGB. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked at now seven radio stations by that time. Okay. So I've actually kind of lost track of some of the call letters by this point. Part but, for the uh, course. This, this, this was KGB FM. So yeah. I was working real morning drive mm -hmm. um, there, and um, that kept me up in the mornings. Mm -hmm. Couldn't go to sleep. So I thought, what the heck? I'll go back to City College and and uh, study some television production. Mm -hmm. Got into classes at City College, which were very good, and I, I think they still are stellar. Yeah, uh, and uh, and managed to Marty Emerald you know, too, I think. Uh, when, absolutely, she did. Yeah, She's yeah. an alum, lovely Marty. Yeah, shout out to her. Yeah. Um, so that was how I segued. I, I learned of an opening, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then just basically went over there and told Ron Myers that I could do the job. Mm -hmm. The investigative consumer reporter was leaving, and uh, I, I thought, well, what the heck? Who'd you replace? Just, I forget. Just, uh, I replaced a. Susan? Oh, Susan. Mac? Yeah, Susan. It's like McCutcheon or Susan. Uh, yeah, she, she was a weekend yeah. anchor, too. Susan. I'm getting old. I'm pulling yeah. a blank, yeah. Susan. And she had taken all of her Rolodex contacts, which, you know, is typical. Reporters build these mm -hmm. contacts back in Rolodex days, and then they take their Rolodex with them. So I sat down at the desk. Ron Meyer said, well, um, give it a try. You know, I was basically on a complete uh, trial period. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't have anybody to help <laughs> find sources. So I just called the city attorney and said, help, give me <laughs> anything, something. <laughs> and that's how it started. And I started to build my own Rolodex. And one thing led to another. And then I had the wonderful J.W. August I was just um, mention. bless me with his presence and yeah. become an intern yes. of mine uh, in the consumer unit. And, of course, managing editor over at Channel 10 for many, many years. Yes. I don't know if he's still there as managing editor. I but think I he retired he then he, last year. He retired then. And then he, he unretired. Then he unretired, yeah. and he's. We've had him on the show too. That's a yeah. good podcast if people want to hear about JW. But yeah, you and he were quite the team. Plenty of Emmys and all kinds of awards oh, for all the great, yeah. all the great work you did. And yeah. uh, we're coming up on our second break in a few seconds, though. But we'll talk maybe some of your more memorable stories and uh, and I'll and listen catch to up this song and get current. All right, here's the spam song. <laughs> Ah, spam a lot. We'll be back with Bree Walker right after this. Hang on.
All right, we are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where we'd like to thank our sponsors. First and premier among them is ABC Family Law, headed up by attorneys Sharon Blanchet and Lisa Christensen and all the great women who work in the family office, uh, family law space in their office. They do great work, and Richard has more. And if you're alphabetically inclined, also UBS. Couldn't do the show without UBS and Michael Coranta, so a big thank you to UBS. Also our favorite CPAs on the planet. We've got two groups of them, more traditional, Polito Epic CPAs for all of your needs here during tax season, as well as Jason Kruger's great CFO service firm, Signature Analytics. Also, Joel Gruskin, who I just spoke with this morning, Cost Segregation Initiatives. Joel helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money that our sponsors make, how about you stash it at Mechanics Bank? Sean Puckett, of course, heads up the San Diego region of Mechanics Bank, a niche market bank that specializes in the needs of wealthy families and families that own real estate businesses. Also, Hub International, Great employee benefits firm. We thought things were changing in that field, but it looks like Donald Trump couldn't get that through. But anyway, employee benefits, still very important. Hub International, great, great firm on that side. Also, my good friend Tony Lombardi. Just saw him out running at the Carlsbad 5000. Tony, of course, heads up the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to their very best clients. Also, our great friend Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. And he heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent the elderly, or helping to prevent financial abuse of elders. of elders. Also, Geiger Law Office, recent guest Brenda Geiger, of course, specializes in asset protection and estate planning. And Brenda has a great continuing education symposium coming up on May 12th at Lomas Santa Fe Country Club. Also, Elite Lifestyle Management, Michelle St. Clair's great company, helping those of us who have no time do things like make arrangements to go have dinner with Bocelli in Tuscany in August. Elite lifestyle management. Also, for those of you who opened up the cupboard and found no spam but are getting hungry, we can help there too, right, Joe? How Absolutely. There's the Very Good Food Foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac, whose birthday is this week. And, Happy birthday, uh, Michelle. Yeah. And um, they do great programs on sustainability and food all year long. And uh, they'll have the Very Good Food d- dinner coming up again, a Very Good Night dinner coming up again in June, where we always like to broadcast from. And Bree's been there as well. Um, and there's also the Stats Coffee Houses, uh, the original in Normal Heights, University Heights, and now Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 365, always packed and always busy, and great food, great coffee all the way around. And no, they don't serve spam. And so. they don't serve spam. <laughs> and I know many have been working with Richard for many years with great success, right, Richard? In some cases, three decades. There you go. Is and that it, a long time? Yeah. No. And then uh, if you get over to our website, iymoney.com, if you want to learn more about our sponsors or look at our great media kit and learn about all the people we reach, uh, it's at iwymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab, a drop-down menu, and all their information is right there. And now time to in- get back with Bree Walker in Hawaii. And we last left off when you uh, went over to Channel 10, started as Consumer Reporter with J.W. August. I'm still trying to remember the name of Susan. <laughs> I think related to Richard Klein, the cameraman. I remember him. But um, uh, So you and J.W. really did some groundbreaking work, many awards. What are so he remembered the story about the uh, the gypsy ring that you guys the gypsy broke. Ring, yeah. You remember that? Oh yes, indeed. <laughs> the, yes, the traveling folks, the traveling itinerants. Yes, yes. Um, and the, you know that there they, are still the travelers organization, which um, is kind of a, a. It used to be thought of as a bad group, but um, you know the the true travelers, the itinerant travelers, mm-hmm. uh, do work. 
for folks, yard work, et cetera, all over mainland and, 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 and here in the high and, Hawaiian and, Islands. And didn't they have like the palm reading fortune telling uh, scam going on in many uh, many areas of the city? And and you guys, b- broke? I think they still do. In fact, I think yeah. they are running our government right yeah. now. <laughs> State, local, federal, all of it, right? <laughs> you name it. Oh, look, I like, I'm proud of California uh, right now. I'm really this, uh, the conversations, like I was listening to Assemblywoman uh, Lorena Gonzalez this mm-hmm. morning talk about it's, um, it's Lorena. the border for, wall. For, yeah. the, for the record, it's Lorena, but they made it. The, Lorena. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, he made the same mistake. The, uh, but we're anyway. Now, we're now a sanctuary state. Yeah, that's yep. right. I know. Well, I, I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of California. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope in a lot of ways, you know, look, there's good and bad people amongst all and we get too caught up in labels. And I think that's where the problem uh, of has course. Come, and, so. and we don't want to get in the way of, of business doing what they do, yeah. um, you know, but but building stupidity, et cetera, et cetera, is something that everybody has to weigh in on. And and because uh, San Diego is so critical as a border um, place, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everyone understands the business aspect of it, um, but is that the right way to spend the I money have, when California yeah. taxpayers are, are needing to weigh in on it too? Lots of good conversation. I kind of miss being in the news business at this moment mm-hmm. because there is so much going on, and it's kind of fun when a presidency is at odds with media because it shows how you know, separation of church and state and media and all of that. We're getting a civics 101 lesson, and mm-hmm. God knows we need it. All mm-hmm. of us need to be good mm-hmm. reporters, and civics 101 is not being well, taught true. anymore. You're, Neither you're, is journalism 101 really being taught anymore. This is a crash course in both of those. Yeah, you know what? It, you're absolutely right. And I remember getting some uh, on, on social media. You look at these sites that pop up, and it would be like cbscom.com, or and, and it looked like a legitimate news site. And then when you read the headline or the story, it's like, oh, my, it's so outlandish or ridiculous. Uh, but you have to make sure you have to source everything as a consumer today. And I don't think enough people take the time and trouble. Joe, fake news. How about fake government? Yes. But I mean, when you're getting which bum- leads to which is yeah. the question, because right. that is that, uh, you know, that inevitable loop, the feedback loop. Uh, but truly, it will, I believe, spout real activists yeah. in the Civics 101 and Journalism 101 curricula, well, and we're going to see this in our young people. I well, see it already in my kids who are in their 20s. Yeah. They're in their mid-20s, yeah. and yeah, kinda, I see it. Yeah, they're they're, kinda, they are radical about uh, outing reject- the truth, yeah. and they know how to. Well, they're rejecting anything mainstream, whether it's media, whether it's parties, or religion. You know, they're, uh, they're really kind of finding their own way. Jobs. And, I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, well and you make a One point. of the headlines today about America's secret sauce is America's secret sauce lost. And if that secret sauce really is the word trust, mm-hmm. then this is something. I mean, what does it say on our uh, on our money? In God we trust. Yeah, well, Every, everybody you know, else pays cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the secret sauce you know yeah. about. <laughs> But Bree, let's see. Now you went on to anchoring. We got to give Ron Myers some some props here because um, I know they wanted you. Obviously, you you have the physical challenge, right? And um, 
uh, he you started anchoring and and uh, you were whose idea was with the, with the rubber hands? Uh, oh gosh, that was my idea because really? you know I, I was pretty much going to do anything. Yeah. To um, to move from radio to TV and yeah. when I was in radio, I I don't think a lot of people knew. I'm born with um, ectrodactyly, mm-hmm. which is the bones and joints of the hands and feet. In my case, it's complete complicated ectrodactyly. Mm-hmm. They're fused. Yeah. And now this happens about one in ninety thousand to 100,000 people, and you don't often notice it unless there are some other um, involvements that are more um, serious and can go with the syndrome. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people have maybe one hand where it looks like they were in a bad burn or a bad um, accident or something. Uh, or bad arthritis, mm-hmm. and it's so it's not as uncommon as we think. It's just uncommon to have a complete, complicated, mm-hmm. fully involved um, condition mm-hmm. like mine, and then be on TV showing it. So yeah. I offered to wear prosthetic gloves, which I had made in New York City when I was a DJ in New York. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, the job as a DJ didn't pay enough for me to actually live. In New York, even though I was living course, in a hovel, course, how, um, how, I had to take yeah, other jobs. So course, I was how, out doing yeah. modeling jobs, course, and how, I had these prosthetic yeah. hands made so I could do modeling jobs. Yeah. I offered to wear them. Ron Myers kind of looked a little skeptical about it and said, well, okay, let's give it a go. After about a week of wearing them, I felt like such a fake. I, I not only could barely turn the pages in front of me, the the script copy that mirrors what's in the teleprompter Mm -hmm. uh, with those fake hands. But more than that, I felt for the first time like I did have a true handicap by wearing those prosthetic gloves. I went into Ron's office in tears that very day after about a week of doing this, of struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, I don't think I can do this job. And he said, well, take off the gloves. Yeah, didn't you say, why don't I quit before you fire me? And he said, yeah, just I did. take. Yeah, I did. I was, I, was, I was in tears. Yeah. And, you know, I was just groveling. What, what, <laughs> what a seminal moment in your life, though. And, and uh, you know, to Ron's credit, you know, a lot of management may not have been as visionary as he was. But um, anyway, we've got to come up on another break, Bree. We'll, come, we'll pick up the story right when we come back. We'll be back with Bree Walker right after this. <laughs> Well, that's Hawaii Five-0 in honor of our esteemed guest, Bree Walker, who's residing in Hawaii these days. What do you think of that, Bree? Oh, my gosh. They are filming again. Um, <laughs> sometimes the closures on H1 and H2 are because they're filming right over there. And I believe Jack Black is over oh here doing God. some filming. Crazy, crazy. But anyway, let's get back to So you, uh, Ron said, take off the gloves. You started anchoring. And what an illustrious career took off from there. Because you weren't there that long before New York came calling, right? That's true. I joined uh, the team at KGTV in uh, spring of 1980. And I left for New York in about eighty-four or so. Seven was it that late? I thought it was even earlier than that. I think uh, perhaps it might have been eighty-six. Well, I know you were here for the, I know you were here for the Olympics in eighty-four because they had that tragedy in in uh, we had that San Ysidro tragedy and you That's and right. you and Carol oh, Lebeau uh, kept absolutely. breaking on the air. So that was eighty-four. Oh, I will never. That was the first time 
that I'd ever, uh, you know, been on the set witnessing the carnage as a human yeah. being, a private human being, um, and on the set. And I'll never forget Jack White uh, sat down in the anchor chair, um, relieving Carol and me of some of the duties, and Michael Tuck of some of the duties. Uh, we were sharing all those duties, mm-hmm. and I believe it was uh, Little Oscar, the little boy on the bicycle. Oh, I'll never forget yeah. to this day. Yeah. But that was about 21 people. For, for folks who might be too young or haven't been here yet, uh, there was a mass shooting in San Ysidro at McDonald's in 1984, and the L.A. Olympics were going on simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and um, Bree, <clears throat> Bree covered that. Uh, to the police department's credit, they offered free mental, uh, I guess, mental um, health uh, uh, counseling, yes, counseling to all the yes, reporters who got in there. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't, care how, I don't care how hardened a, a reporter you are. When you see young kids and, and people that much, you know, that's a war scene for guys. I that. believe that was Police Chief Bill Collander at yeah. the time. Yeah. It was Bill at the time, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, Bree, you anchored here. You moved, went on to New York at, uh, what, KCBS in New York for a few years, right? Yes, KCBS in New York for about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, then switched over, finishing that particular contract at, uh, I'm sorry, WCBS, WCBS in KCBS in, 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 in L.A. In San Diego, right. L.A., yeah. L.A., right. lost track again. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, L.A. Channel 2, mm-hmm. and was there for two contractual periods, a little over six years. So yeah. um, that was a really good run with the CBS folks. My first day in New York, I was greeted by none other than Walter Cronkite. Wow. In, yeah, in the middle of the lobby at Black Rock. Here comes Walter Cronkite, and I'm thinking, oh, do I dare say hello to him? <laughs> Little did I know, he had learned of my arrival there, and even though I was working the local, and of course he's a big network star, uh-huh. he walked down and greeted me and walked me up to the local newsroom and introduced me to some of my co-anchors. What a classy thing to do. Because as professional jealousies go in newsrooms, you know Mm -hmm. they're legendary. Yeah. Uh, Many uh, dramas have been made of just those parts of of the story. Anchorman. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) many of them (laughs) are made of that particular professional jealousies, which always exist in newsrooms. But Walter Cronkite, such a classy guy, did all he could to deflect that professional jealousy by the shock and awe of him escorting me in that newsroom. What a launch. What a launch for me in New York. I could barely barely get a breath the rest of the day. (laughs) You know, when when I was working for Channel 10, I used to have to run down to the airport to pick up a big box for the accounting office uh, every um, Monday, and he was out here. He used to stay at La Valencia, I believe, I believe Richard, mm-hmm. and he worked. He was doing some discovery report because he did like to do things about the ocean and oceanography, and he's, so he's doing some kind of special uh, programming. Wow. I walk into the, there was a limo sitting out front where I had to walk in. I, the doors open. I almost walked right into Walter Cronkite's face. And he was all, and, and I said, I said, I said, good morning. He said, good morning. And we just passed. And I go, wow, it sounds just like him. <laughs> who, who else would he sound like, Joe? But the cool thing is uh, he was all alone. He had no entourage or nothing. Right. He got into the limo. And it was so cool for him just to yes. do that. Yeah, he, that's exactly the kind of guy I remember him to be. Mm-hmm. What a legend! What a legend! Classy, and of course, classy. and of course, you had uh, I guess Dan Rather. You weren't you bumped into him a few times too at, at some events, right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. In yeah. fact, he and I were 
out uh, doing some stuff for the Peace Project mm-hmm. um, out in Texas at mm-hmm. the same time, and then also at some media uh, conferences I've, I've bumped into him. He's very much a proponent of free speech, yeah. very much a proponent of true journalism yeah. 101 uh, principles, <clears throat> and uh, an all-around really nice guy. Yeah. Now tell us the great story about getting into HBO's Carnival, because I think you, with your uh, in- initiative, uh, really kind of made that all happen, right? My prurient ambition went out again. <laughs> I was uh, uh, friends with uh, a writer on the show Carnival, um, HBO show about a uh, Depression-era Dust Bowl carnival, traveling carnival, and its characters. And I knew a writer, uh, Tracy Torme, of the mm-hmm. Torme family, Mel Torme's kid, oh. one of them. Um, he's He was a writer on Carnival, and uh, I spoke to him about why they didn't have, um, since they covered a lot of, quote, freaks, circus freaks, and they had wonderful actors and actresses mm-hmm. on that show, um, you know, portraying these things. And some of them actually did have anomalies, differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't have a family with ectrodactyly, and it was very common in those traveling circuses and traveling carnival days right. to have the lobster boy, right? Yeah. And the lobster boy was was uh, an ectrodactylite, I yeah. call that name yeah. I'm coining here for us. But um, it is called the Lobster Claw Syndrome, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have that character. So I said, Tracy, why don't you write a, a segment and find a family in Florida, you know, of the Lobster Boy family? Because there are many generations now of that famous circus family. Um, some of their stories are quite tragic. Others are quite victorious. And he said, well, that's a good idea. So he wrote a, an episode, and the next thing I know, I got a call from the casting director there, and she said, why don't you audition for the part? And I said, well, I wrote it for a family of ectrodactylites. And uh, she said, why don't you audition for the part? Mm. I came in. I auditioned. They gave me the role of Sabina, the Scorpion Queen. And I became the um, famous ex-wife of the little guy, Samson. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. And Samson was, uh, you know, a, quote, um, what they used to call dwarves, right? Dwarf. Mm -hmm. Um, But a little person. And uh, with a very big attitude, a very big voice, and uh, according to some of the um, script that was written for me, a very big other part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there were some very juicy lines I got to share with my audience yeah. in, in hey, great it, costumes, now that, period costumes, yeah, really that, fun. I got that, to be a, a real fun lead role on that fourth uh, season of Carnival. Are the, now, I, yeah, that developed a, uh, a cult following, and it must, it must, does Netflix or somebody have the whole series somewhere? It yeah, must, Netflix okay. does have the whole. I just noticed them the other day on my Netflix Good. Uh, smart TV lineup. So folks can uh, catch all those series, because all this binge-watching, I don't do much of it, but I, you know, I will go back and look at some because it has developed a cult following. And I remember you Certainly and I has. drove up uh, from Del Mar to the cast party on your birthday, approximately. That's right. And uh, they were all there. It was so cool, you know, meeting the, the cast. Chloe's in Sherman Oaks, a little blues bar, right? And uh, Absolutely. And, and it took us four and a half yeah, hours one way, Richard. You hey, it, was a, it was a fast day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bree, how, how'd you wind up in Hawaii? How'd you wind up in Hawaii? I think no other state would have me. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I always wanted to learn to hula. 
You know, I want to ask you, we're running out of time. Can we yeah. do a little bonus track with you, too? Do you have to? Can we get another? Absolutely. Okay, While good. I'm in the middle of cleaning up gecko poop. Good. So what we'll do is, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of this, but uh, for, on our website, we'll have a bonus track, and we're going to talk more about, you know, your your personal journey, et cetera. So, so there you go. I just want to put that out there. As a matter of fact, why don't we do a wrap right now? So it's... Uh, you know, we, we're coming up. We're coming up. At Justin the end can here. do that. Mahalo. Yeah. So, uh, Bree, thank you. Bree, we'll be back. We'll, really appreciate Bree, it. We'll, we'll see you in the bonus track in a little bit. Thank you, Bree Walker. And I'll see Richard. You Richard out here soon. Yeah, oh, Richard. We'll Richard we'll be, uh, we're going to be there in May. All right, Richard. Great seeing well, come you. Come look me up. Okay, Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks for being so terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanky and, and uh, Dave Sniff over here at KFMB and uh, all these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. We'll see you next week.